Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hi, everybody. It's Anna. And it's Ashley. And today I am really thrilled about our guest. Our guest is Mike Neal of Service Star Consulting. And in full disclosure, in disclosure, he is also a client of mine, but I have learned so many things from Mike listening to his workshop as we edit it and just hearing his, his great um, advice for all businesses. It, it's really interesting um, because Mike, you work with credit unions, but I think your philosophies and your methods and your ideas really speak to a broad range of businesses. So welcome. Uh, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, sure. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am. Uh, so I don't know if anybody can tell I have a slight accent, but I do. <laughs> I'm from <Nah>. Canada. <laughs> I'm from Canada. I, yeah. I'm from Southern Canada. Yeah, no, I am. I am actually a native of Atlanta, Georgia and moved about three and a half years ago to Nashville to get away from Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> there's so many people now. And uh, I am, um, I've been in business for almost 22 years now. Uh, wife and two kids, both grown. In fact, uh, we're here in California today. Uh, our son's getting married this weekend. Wow, uh, wow, congratulations. And you're taking time to speak a little Yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> so important. This I'm is like honored. second on my list. This is like second on my list of most important things this weekend. Oh, oh my God. And in West Coast time, we're on the East Coast. Oh, People man. West Coast. You wow. are, okay, so it is early now. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for getting up so early. And you sound awake and alive. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I'm ready to go. Coffee fixes a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm going to jump right into it. I know that, you know, like I said, I, you, you work a lot with credit unions, but one of the things that I, that really, really resonated with me every single time um, I've, I've edited your workshops and listened to you speak is your philosophy on good managers. Mm -hmm. And because all of us have had those really great employees, some of us have even been those really great employees mm -hmm. and we sucked at, ma at being a manager. Yeah, yeah. and so I, and also for you Mike just coming from me I'm curious what makes a good manager me personally I hate managing this is yeah. why I hired a managing director to manage so I can be a creative visionary but I think as a business owner we have to manage in some way so I'm curious as to you like what makes a good manager and I guess we could start there yeah exactly yeah it's interesting the way I break it down is this may be oversimplistic but I do think it works uh, leadership is a function of at least three things, but I think three things that seem to have divergence when it comes to most people's capacity. So if you, if you look at management, to be good at it, you, you've got to be good at coaching, developing people, um, uh, and you have to be good at strategic thinking. Um, what do we need to do different, better, or faster? Uh, and then you also have to be good at management. And what I find is people that are really good at management have a tendency to struggle with strategic thinking because managers have a tendency to be in the day, making things more efficient, 
right. making things work smoothly, making sure that procedures are followed. And they kind of judge their day by how much rightness did we have in a day. Yeah. By the way, I don't think I'm a very good manager either. And anybody that's worked for me probably would validate that. And, that, and I, that's like nice to hear like somebody else say that. <laughs> well, well, because we're all entrepreneurs. And so yeah. what yeah. we're good at is at strategic thinking. And what we're good at is speaking into people's lives and developing them and helping them maximize their ability right. and see the vision and get yeah. inspired. So yeah. we're good at, you know, two of those pieces. And, and so where we struggle is with that other piece, but they're all three very important to be an effective leader. I'm just not very good at that management piece. What I've tried to do is surround myself with people that are good managers but managers make things leaner and more efficient and more controlled and more um, uh, predictable. So, and, and leaders create change by definition. Right. So, Mike, let me ask you, do you think then that to be a really great manager, you, you cannot be that strategic thinker visionary are they are they two they're two, separate, two separate, separate roles like are yeah. you saying like so should all entrepreneurs consider finding a manager um like so for me when right. i found my manager that freed up my creative space to go yeah. and do what i love to do and be in my zone of genius and take me out of what drains me which is management yeah so right. What like for I mean I guess like for people starting off would you recommend like go and find a manager to help you do this or like what would you recommend or even for people who are like Ann and I who are in like several years of business yeah. now yeah you know so much about life is learning yourself what your strengths and weaknesses are right. and you know when I was younger and uh, probably had more testosterone than I had brain I thought okay I can learn anything I can do anything right but what I didn't understand is. I've got certain natural strengths, you know, what God, society, and parenting have kind of put together in me and, and created. Why don't I make sure I maximize what I'm good at and bring along people like my Michelle uh, who can fill in rather than me try to get better at everything? Yeah. Because, by the way, then that also limits my growth because if I'm great at everything, I'm then doing everything right yes. and you can't do that so what i'm hearing from you is and this isn't a lesson i have learned the hard way i'm sure anna has too. delegate right yeah well that's one of the keys of being an effective manager by the way oddly enough is being able to delegate and knowing uh, to whom to delegate the problem is we we think of delegation as a time management tool delegation is not a time management tool no wonder so many people don't do it because it's it seems fallacious right off the bat to say, okay, I need to save time, so I need to delegate. What have you got to do? You got to find somebody to delegate to, then you got to teach them how to do it, and then you got to make sure they check in with you to make sure they're doing it right, and then you think, I could have done it faster myself, and you're I always right. do that true. 100% of the time. Oh my gosh, so always. True. I'm like, you know what? It's, if, and I've reached the point where I'm like, if, if, if I want it done the right way, I've got to do it myself. Right. So how Sometimes. do you get, how do you get past that? Well, this is the kind of the insidious part of it. Time management is a people development tool that becomes a time management tool. But first and foremost, it is about you developing someone who has a willingness to be developed mm. and an ability in that area in which you're developing them. And where so many people get frustrated with time management is they say, Hey, I'm going to delegate because I've got to save time, but it doesn't even seem like that's happening. So you just quit on it. 
but the other piece is it will become a time management tool if you delegate to the right person and that means I somebody because so we try to delegate to somebody who's not doing much work well there's a reason they're not doing much work because they don't want to do work and they're always yeah. sitting around waiting on you to go what are you doing and go well. I, oh man have i been there <laughs> yeah so i know you and i talked before uh, you and i have emailed before mike and so ashley is my friend i was telling you about yeah had to let go of that employee you have a great story yeah so, well yeah so, i mean so i've had I have had issues with employees in the past without getting too much into it. Right. Um, where I have had to let people go. It sucks. So right. like, I, and I don't want to have to do it again. So tell me about how you find those right people. And I feel like right now, full disclosure, I have an amazing team. I'm yeah, really yeah. happy with everyone right now. And I feel like everyone They're really is a good. Getter, me too. Yeah. But I also feel like I've been very lucky and blessed. Um, but as we look to bring on new people, what do I need to look for? What do what is what should anyone who's looking to bring on somebody as a part of their team should look for in qualities for an employee and like it's looking if they're trainable or not? Um, are there any indicators? Well, I think there's two things that you need to make sure that you do. One, pre-employment testing is a must. I don't bring on anybody on my team without pre-employment testing. Like, what is that? Yeah, what do you, what do, you do? So, well, there's all different types. I mean. Um, I would say personality testing is a relatively poor, you know, like, like disc is a communication tool. Yeah. Um, um, there's something called the profile XT. Um, and of course, and it's been used for years. And so then there's benchmarks for that, right? So they, they baseline, what are you looking for? Administrative assistant, what are you looking for? A, uh, uh, somebody to do business intelligence. Mm -hmm. And so you can match that. There's another one out there called uh, Talent Click that's really great, and they're very fast. PI is another one, um, and so they've been using it for years. They've got it benchmarked against other people who are successful in that job because ultimately what you're trying to hire is attributes, characteristics, right. energy, energy level, so manageability. Trust level. You can't you can't judge somebody's uh, energy level or their manageability in a one hour interview, and you can't even do that with behavioral interviewing. Uh, giving well, if a, if a customer came to you and said, "How would you respond?" I mean, that gives you insights into their skills, right? Right, because you they would say they would respond this way, but how do they work? What's their energy level? What's their trust level? How flexible are they? Those are things you don't train. Those are right. things you hire. Yeah. Well, uh, this is so fascinating to me. So, uh, so what? Like, what I hear is that like you need to look for somebody who's going to fit into your company, your team building, and your and yeah. your mold, right? right. And it, it kind of doesn't matter what you know their education, their resume, like how overly qualified they might be. Even if they are, they might still not be the right fit. Correct. I can teach you how to do something if you have the capability, right? So if someone has done that job in the past, well, there's the capability quotient, or even through pre-employment testing, like the profile XT, it'll determine what their capability is from an intelligence level and a work interest. But within that, they've got to fit into your culture. Uh, they've got to fit into your vibe. Uh, they've got to enjoy working there at my company, there, there's some people that would not enjoy how we work. It, it would just right. make them crazy. 
Because they yeah, know, so and that's a great point. Yeah, you, you talk a lot about building culture. Yeah, so I want to hear about that. Yeah, so, um, so important. Because, like, yeah. we have our own, our culture, Anna yeah. and I, is, like, talking, talking all the but, time. But, like, right. I work from home. Yeah. I'm very casual. I, I work in PR, so a lot of PR people can be, like, uptight and formal, which is cool, yeah. but that's not really my style. I'm a very right. just down-to-earth real person. And so I want to make sure I'm finding those people. So talk to us about, like, how you build a culture as an entrepreneur that fits with who, who you, you are, are and who are clients. And who you want to attract as clients right. and as employees. Want us to be. Yeah. 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 Well, I really think it starts with creating a purpose statement or a mission statement, mm -hmm. if you will. And it, it really needs to speak out. I think all great cultures are others focused. You know, I think there's a That's problem nice. inherent. I love that. Well, well, I think there's a problem inherently with an employee-centered culture. Um, and, you know, and we talk about that all the time, employee-centered workplace. I think if you create an employee-centered workplace, you're gonna come up with the same situation that we find when you create a child-centered family. Mm -hmm. This is a child that thinks the entire world revolves around them, that everything is done to accommodate them, and when hard things come, somebody's gonna fix it because I'm unhappy. And so, the same thing if you have a customer-centered workplace, then what you might ask some of your employees to do is accept verbal or emotional abuse from a customer because the customer is always right. I think what we need to have is an other-centered workplace. And now, for me, I'm the CEO. Everybody is my other. I'm I taking, love that. I'm taking care of my members. I'm taking care yep. of my community. I'm taking other care of my employees. And sometimes those come into conflict, and I have to make decisions but that's why I make money is to be able to make that decision to create that balance. So it starts to me with an others centered statement and then everything I'm going to say and do is then going to always come back to that. So I might have to say to an employee, you know, uh, our mission is to help our members uh, maximize their financial success and you didn't do a very good job of that last month. And I could tell that because this happened. What are you going to do differently? Because to create culture, culture is always about behaviors. Uh, for right. example, that's, that's true. Yes. We think of culture as the side, the, the core values and the mission statement. Those are iconic figures that we can point to. Like if I'm in San Francisco, I can say, look, there's the Transamerica tower. I must be in San Francisco but it's the way people in San Francisco live that defines the culture. So we have these icons of mission statement, core values, but everything always has to come back to behaviors because behaviors always define culture and brand demands homogenous behaviors. Homogenous behaviors then bring everybody into culture. This is like gold right now. I know, right? This is what I did. Every, every time he did his workshop, <laughs> I would listen. I mean, my, <laughs> I mean so valuable for our listeners and just for us as well. Like, yeah. I want to, like, put other-centered um, workplace like, on. Make it something, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> whatever our heads on, like, always see board. it. And, like, what yeah. is so genius, like, other-centered statement, um, which I'm like, oh, my God, I got to write that today. Exactly. So let me ask you, you talk of really, really um, – you, you talk a lot in, 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 because I've heard this before, the behaviors um, uh, dominate culture and, and uh, define culture. But one of the things you also talk about is 
team building. Yeah. And how, and, and that's kind of what we've always been, talk, well, been talking about already, but like really building out your team and what happens, first of all, how can you, how do you know exactly what it is you're lacking? And then what happens when you have two great team members who can't work together? Right. Well, you point right back to your mission. Okay. This is why you have an other centered mission. And so, um, and you also need core values, right? So that's one thing I didn't mention core values. And, and let me just go a little bit further there. Okay. Back to your question. I'm sorry. I'm kind of going off on that. Right. Uh, I love right. it. I know. Yep. We're the same way. Yeah. So you've our, got your our, other centered purpose statement. Then you've got to have, you've got to have core values. And for, so my core values, one of my core values for us is mutual respect. Mm. <clears throat> and, and so, Here's the other thing you need to do. You've got to go beyond core values because now we have four generations in the workplace. Have you ever met anybody that treats people poorly that thinks they treat people poorly? No, they think everybody's a moron, but them. Right. Right. True. They don't self-identify as disrespectful. So that's why if you have a core value of respect, now you have to create service behaviors that define what does that look like? You know, I will, um, I will address you by your name. I'll thank you for every opportunity I have to serve you. I'll always ask you if there's anything else I can do because now with the four generations of the workplace, we don't all have the same definitions of what respect looks like. And so exactly. for example, I've worked with a lot of young people um, in my life. I'm kind of at this age now where, you know, I've got the gray hair, the gray beard and they'll go, Hey, you know, can I ask you some questions about thinking about starting a business? Sure. And they refer to me as Mike. Now, if, a, if I was 25 years old and referred to a 60-year-old by their first name, my mother would have come up out of her grave and slapped me. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a – so for people in certain generations, um, it's not about titles and position. It's about relationship and authenticity. And so I might find it disrespectful to be termed this. I don't. But then they don't think it's disrespectful to use that. So you've got to create these very specific standards of behaviors now that tie back into each of your core values. All right. So now I'll come back to your question. I was with you the whole time. I'm cycling sure. right back. So let's say I've got two employees now who are at odds. So I'm going to sit down with them and I'm going to say, hey, I want to talk with you about how it's important for you guys to find a way to work forward. Because what's happening right now is one of our core values that's so important is mutual respect, which means, you know, we're going to compromise and find a way to make it work. And so as a result, I want you guys to let me know how you're going to work together to find a way to make it work. What your odds about can be resolved by compromise. And I expect you guys to work through that and then let me know how it's coming out because this can't continue in this way. So now I've got a touchstone to come back to. It's not about the issue anymore. It's about our culture. Okay. Right. Because so much we get caught up in the issue. Who's right? Who's wrong? Yeah. Um, who started it? Uh, who's been the most rude? No, we both got a responsibility to live out our values. What are you going to do differently to make sure you're doing that? So how do you get, how, because you're right. Everybody does that. You know, we, we get, we get hurt feelings. Mm -hmm. We get grudges and, and it's true. You know, your animosity grows. I hear what you're saying. How do you get these people 
beyond that? Uh, well, you've got the value there, mutual respect. So you can't have animosity and you can't have division and have respect for the other person. They can say that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of my values might be um, value relationships. And so yeah. what does that mean? That means when I meet with you, I'm going to lead with whatever happens. I want our relationship to make, be maintained once this meeting is over. And so in other words, hey, and we might have to have more than one meeting. Mm -hmm. I might have to compromise something. You might have to compromise something. But what we do is we act like all these issues are solving the Iranian nuclear crisis, and they're not. Right, right. They're, what's the best way to go forward? Yeah. And, and so sometimes those decisions are important, but sometimes we don't have to decide it in one meeting. But if my focus is I'm going to maintain this relationship, it's going to change the way we speak in a meeting, it's going to change the focus of the meeting, which is understanding. And maybe we have to take some time to go sort out our feelings and come back again. Uh, I, I'm yeah. telling you, I decided a long time ago, I want to have a life of significance and any great organization has a life of significance. Mm -hmm. You can be successful without significance. I can have money. I can have cars. I can have a big house. I can have a million people at my funeral because I was successful. But I would tell you, the only real value in what we do is being significant and you can't be significant without positively impacting people's lives. And so I, that's what I expect out of everybody that works with me. You can't be significant without positively impacting people's lives. I'm writing lives. that down. I yeah. love that. So it sounds like, it's, it sounds like having this other statement, and writing down your core values, whether or not you're a business owner and you've been in business for five years yeah, and haven't right. done it, or you're yeah. just starting out your business, it sounds like it's vital to do. Would you agree? Uh, no question about it. And you need to do it sooner rather than later. And I really do think it needs to be <clears throat> led by the principal. Sorry. <clears throat> it needs to be led by the principal and, and other people can and should be involved. But to me, Determining who you are as an organization really has to be led uh, by someone uh, rather than getting together with everybody and saying, hey, what do you want us to be? Yeah. This is where, this is where leadership comes in. And I think sometimes we mystify leadership. It's just facilitating everybody's ideas. And, and it's not. When you guys started your business, you said, this is what I want to create. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. Hey, guys, come along with me. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I lead on your journey. Yeah. Right. You have to be, you have to have a, an inspiration and a vision and you also have to have trust, right? Because yeah. you're taking people to somewhere you've never been. Right. right. If you, if right. you've been there, they're like, Oh, follow Anna. She knows what she's doing. You yeah. might say, I've never been here gang. I've never done this before, but trust me, this is going to be great. Right. Yep. So let me ask you for the, for our listeners who have already been a little bit more established and you have somebody, you're the, you're the new leader. You've just been hired the new leader coming in uh -huh. and you need to change the culture of your new company. How, how do you do that? You already have people who are so entrenched yeah. in, in their, yeah. And their way in, 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 in how they've done it. You know, we've, we've all heard it. We've always done it like this, yep. which as every single person sitting here and probably listening to us knows is not the good answer. But how do you change that, that mindset of a culture that is so deeply entrenched because they've been doing it for so long? It begins with trust, and trust takes a long time to develop. Listen, I don't follow people I don't trust. Yeah. I may do what you say because you have authority over me, 
but I don't follow people I don't trust. And trust takes a long time to develop, only seconds to destroy, and almost can never be completely rebuilt. So I'm going to start by getting to know people, knowing who they are as people, letting them begin. I'm going to be transparent with them and let them begin to know who I am as a person mm-hmm. about my life and what I like and what I don't like and what I believe and what I, um, what I doubt. And I want to find out about them. And I trust people that are transparent, that are, that are authentic and that are competent. Mm-hmm. And then I will trust them. And then that's when you can begin to lead people because so you can come in and you can create your, your mission statement and you can create your uh, core values and, and you can explain what those are. That's fine. You can do that early. And now your work needs to be sharing about why these are important and who you are as a person getting to know people because they're not going to follow you no matter what you write, no matter what you paint on the wall, no matter what you espouse. I'm not going to follow you until I trust you. Right. And so we've got to be authentic and transparent with people. And we usually don't want to do that because that takes time. It, but, you know, but it's worth the time. Get, and we're ready to get going. I was hired here to change things and I'm going to change things. Right. And so, yeah, you're going to do it on your own and, and everybody's going to be following you. But gang, they're going to be following you at a distance yeah. closer to the back door than the front door. In sure. case it all goes down the drain, they're going to be the first people out the back door leaving you staying alone. You don't want that. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, in your opinion, tell us, what do you think is the most important thing a business has to do to succeed? Um, I think you have to have meaning and relevance in the marketplace. I, I think to be successful again, I think you've got to have meaning and relevance and significance. So, because again, the way I'm defining is I can create a great product at a great price and be a success. What does that product do for the end user? How does it make their life better? I've got to be able to reconcile that in my mind, right? How that's making things better for this person, because that's what's going to drive me on those days when it's dark, uh, when it seems like there's not enough money or not enough time. I've got to keep doing it. It's going to keep my folks that work for me driven forward because it's bigger than just us. So I think that's so important. Uh, I just think also uh, I hope for people that they'll learn this sooner than I did. Surround yourself with people that fill in your gaps and and learn what your gaps are and admit what your gaps are and then go be awesome at your strengths. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I actually last early last year, I um, made a list of all the things that I do. And then I starred what I love to do. And then I circled what I hated doing. And then I decided to hire my assistant of like, she's going to do all of this stuff that I don't like to do that I need help with. And it's right. worked out so well. Yeah. She's, she's a lot happier. I'm so much. And happier. also yeah. this is, you, you, you know, you don't, you don't know Ashley, but this right here is like her downside right here. I mean, she's, she's very <laughs> upset right now. I'm just joking. She's always happy. She's always happy. So I just got a cold today. So you're catching me on my, my downside. Yeah, so you can only imagine if she's like this when she's like really down. I'm usually bouncing off the wall. But both of us are like we that. Are, you, yeah, know yeah. Me. you know me, Mike. So well, 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 I am too. So what's the commonality? <laughs> I know. Exactly. Commonality, right? So we are believers. Yeah. See, I think as a, as a, you have, to, you have a belief system 
that drives you forward. And, but guess what? That also becomes our weakness. When we hire people, we just, we naturally trust people and we believe that what they say is true and their best foot forward is who they are. And so that's why I have to offload hiring to somebody else because I'm overly trusting and want to believe. So, so I, I believe what makes us inspiring is that we're passionate and we're, we're believers. We believe in things. We believe in ideas and concepts that are, you know, maybe not made out of stone and rock and pencil and paper. And we can communicate that. So there's, again, now we're back to the beginning. What's the difference in a manager? A manager doesn't have to believe. A manager has to want it just to see it done correctly and efficiently and consistently. Now, would I like to have them believe with me? Yeah, but now, they're becoming both a leader and manager. But people that are naturally leaders like us, we've probably been leaders in almost everything that we've ever put ourselves out there. I mean, even since childhood. Well, and you know, (laughs) Ashley and I are both firstborn. I don't know what that says. I'm sure it says something. I know, but it is true. We both are are the firstborn. But it was like from, and I wonder if that has anything to do with it, but like truly, for me as a kid I was like patrol captain dance team captain secretary of my class president of my sorority like I could go on like right um and here now I'm an entrepreneur it's almost like it was naturally built into just people like us yeah 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 so true yeah one more question and this is like almost the converse of what we just asked you what is the one thing that will kill a company wow really good question um lack of lack of engagement of the employees Ooh, uh, that will destroy an organization interesting. that is interesting because it's all about the employees i mean probably could people could have said well you know lack of sales but lack of engagement with the employee that you know it's really it, it that's really really interesting that's a gold nugget right there, right there it is yep. well that because it's always about that. behaviors it's always about behaviors everybody mm-hmm. so we're, we're back to that i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna ride that until i can't ride that anymore uh, and again, we're, so where's your differentiation? Is 71% of the employees in the United States are disengaged in their work, according to the Gallup Group workplace right. study. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and we see it every day. We see it yep. every day. And so you want somebody to cross-sell for you? They're not going to do that. What I tell my clients is your customers are never going to love your uh, organization until your employees love it first. Right, right. So, so true. true. Oh my yeah. God, I need to write out like I know truth bombs coming yeah. at us all day. Right. Wow. Well, well, because what happens is you go into a place you can tell the difference with someone that says, "How can I help you?" Okay, no, let me get that for you. You just stay here. I'll go get it. As opposed to, uh, it's on aisle three twenty or three twenty one, but it's over there on the right. Okay, now that doesn't make me fly into a fit of rage. I'm I'm beat down as a customer. I'm used to it. But it doesn't make me want to come back. Yeah. And then when I go somewhere where they go, here, let me go get that for you. You wait right here. I'll go get that. And I'll think, oh, that was different. That's special. And you come back. So it takes engaged employees to sell. It takes engaged employees to make a, a positive difference. To live out those core values that we're talking about. To naturally get your culture. That, and so it, it, if you have disengaged employees, and most of your competitors do, Where's your competitive advantage? And okay, so um, I love that your customers will never love your organization if your employees don't love it first. This doesn't mean like 
showering your employees with gifts. This no. means actually respecting, respecting them. them, engaging with right. them. And I think that that's where some it, businesses yeah. make mistakes where yes. they just like, you know, There's I've been in a position where pen. I've just been like given gifts and gifts yeah. and gifts and I'm like, still not happy. And so I think there's a big differentiator. It's like what actually makes employees happy. It's not right. the bonuses or the gifts or it's not it's feeling respected yeah. and, you know, feeling, um, wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think also being made to feel that what we do actually matters. Yeah. It, we're not just some cog in a widget. And also I feel like, and I tell this to my employees, hopefully enough, just, how grateful I am, right? How, how truly grateful I am that they are a part of my team. Mm -hmm. And I hope that goes a long way because I really mean it. Well, that's so important and I'm glad you do that. And so you're obviously naturally a good leader. So I'll, I'll leave it with this. I'll try to bring everything together like the end of a Seinfeld episode, right? We'll just bring it all together right at <laughs> the very end. Yes. <laughs> so, so one of the keys of creating um, engaged employees is catching them doing things right. Yeah. Most organizations are focused on catching the exception, the broken thing, stop it, don't do that again, why did you do that, how did that happen? So we've gotta be good at catching people doing things right. Now that doesn't mean that when something's wrong we don't fix it, but we've gotta balance that by catching people doing things right. And I don't mean just, hey guys, I really appreciate everybody, you're awesome. Mm -hmm. Hey Ashley, you go girl. Mm -hmm. uh, right. It, it is. Hey, yeah. I want to. So, if you want to do this well, what you do, if you want to be master class at it, then what you're going to do is you're going to catch somebody doing it right and relate it back to your mission or your values. Mm -hmm. And now, what are you doing? You're creating engagement. You're creating purpose, and then you're also creating culture because somebody looks at that and goes, "Oh, that's what they mean by respect." Oh, that's what they mean by extra mile. Oh, that's what they mean. And so because some people just don't naturally get the things that we get just because we created this value. So it might sound like this. And I want to tell you how much I appreciate what you do with that customer. That was extremely patient and extremely gracious. And that person was not extremely patient and gracious with you. But you know, our value, one of our values is respect. And that's always something that's in our control right? If you're only respectful to people that are respectful to you, that's not really respect. That's just an exchange. So I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you living out that core value. Mm. And that's one of the reasons I'm glad you worked here. So that's, that's the masterclass level because what are you doing? Not only are you catching them doing it right. All right. Then what you're doing is you're tying it back to your, one of your values and then they'll go, Oh, okay. That's what it looks like when you do that. Yeah. And it makes it more like mission driven. Right. Yeah. Right. And then I can say that about um, Anna or Ashley. I can say, hey, you know, guys, I just want to recognize Anna for the great job she did with this uh, customer in this situation. And then other people that don't quite get it will go, oh, dude, I thought I was being respectful. Oh, that's what that looks like. Okay. Guess I got to step it up. Yeah. I so true. That. Yeah. Lead by example. Wow. Truth bombs. Right. All around. Like exactly. I have so many notes here and I hope our listeners, Full I'm sure right our there. listeners yeah. do too. If you don't go back and re-listen and get your I know. notes out. So much. Mike has <laughs> like, taught me so much just listening to his, uh, to his workshops and how he teaches. It's, it's really just so interesting. It goes way beyond his, his uh, credit unions. It's really so good for everybody. Yeah. Mike, 
Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, like, speaking of your workshops, where can we find more information right. where about Where can you? we find you? Yeah. And so uh, our website is servicestarconsulting.com. And um, you, you can maybe post the web address. It's S E R V I S T A R. Yes. S E R V I S T A R consulting.com. And so, yeah, you, we're out and about with various events, and we have different things that we do uh, for organizations to help them build all these things we're talking about. Yeah, it's fabulous. Mike, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, and taking time out from your son's wedding weekend. And waking up super early on the Pacific time. I you know. are amazing. Thank and we are, you. We are so grateful for you and your time and all these amazing gold nuggets that you've given Absolutely. us in our audience today. Yeah. Really? Hey, it's my pleasure. And as I told you, this is the second most important thing I'm doing this weekend. So <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you. And thank your son for giving us, letting, letting you visit with us for a while. Will do. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And thanks, thanks to all of our listeners, too. We will see you in a couple weeks, or we'll hear, you'll hear from us in a couple weeks. Yeah. All right, everyone. Until then. Bye.